1: it to you but the world is on the brink of disaster world crime is at an all-time high and the only thing standing between order and chaos is us
0: Hello! Welcome to another episode of Rewatchability. It's the podcast where we revisit movies and TV shows from the recent past to see how they hold up today. I'm J.M. McNabb, and I'm joined, as always, by... Robert Leronde. And uh, Blaine's out. He's on assignment this week. So we're joined by a very special guest. He's been on the show before. It's our friend Sina Romani. Hey, Sina.
2: Hello! Hello! So good to be back. I love this podcast. I've been listening to it for years, and so it's so fun to be on it.
0: That sounded forced and insincere. <laughs> <you>. <laughs>
2: Blink twice if you're under duress. No, I love you guys. I'm a patron. I'm paying to be on this podcast. That's
0: true. <laughs> Not
2: um, much. I'll be uh. in. <laughs> We are an Entertainment
0: One podcast and we're here this week for a special July 4th episode. It's, uh, hopefully should be going up on the July 4th weekend. And to celebrate America's independence, we are, are going to talk about the most American movie we could think of. And that is American Gigolo. No, no. Okay. (laughs) Did you watch the wrong movie again?
2: <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> it Man 4. <laughs> we watched Team
0: America World Police. It's a 2004 comedy starring puppets <laughs> um, made by, I, I guess, just Trey Parker directed it, right? Not the other one?
1: Yeah. I uh, think so. It's, they it's, don't do like a Coen Brothers thing, do they?
0: I think they kind of do. Well, yeah, because the Coen Brothers, but that was for like Guild reasons or something, right? We're off topic. We're going to talk about Team Team America. It's a big movie. You know, I was surprised to learn that it actually didn't make that much money at the box office. Because, like, I feel... Yeah, it only made, like, 50 million or something. And I thought this was a movie that everyone had seen, like, to the point where Matt Damon can't walk down the street without (laughs) being harassed (laughs) because of this movie. But I guess a lot of people probably saw it on video. What about you guys? Well... Maybe we'll get to Rob in a minute because Cena. I know when you first saw this movie because, <laughs> yeah. coincidentally, Rob suggested this movie. You were already lined up as the guest, and we actually saw it together.
2: Yeah, we did. We saw it in high school together. We were. We no, no, we I, weren't in high school. We were. We in, were in high school. Uh, no, college. It's true. Yeah, yeah, university. We had started. We'd started university by then. I just associate. A South Park with high school because that's kind of when I watched it. I didn't really watch it a lot, but this movie was—I was amped for it. I mean, I liked—I liked the uh, first one, the first movie they made, the South Park movie. But this one—that so wasn't watched the first together. movie they made. That's not they, true. They yeah, that's really true. Happy. I meant, the, yeah, that's true. It's not their actual they by by the pairing, but that you know, in my head, these guys—you know—I only heard of them ever after South Park. So you know, I saw the South Park movie, and I was excited for this, and yeah, we saw it together in in Toronto, and. Uh, I didn't like it then and I don't like it now. <laughs> <laughs> well,
0: I'm, my memory of it was that you and I and maybe one of our other friends, I can't remember, went to, it was like an advanced screening. It was before the movie. Maybe I'm wrong because I was also no. reading up about this movie and they, it turns out they like just barely finished it like before the movie. Like They couldn't even screen it for press before the, the junkets because they didn't even have a print of it. It was that down to the wire. So I'm kind of surprised, but I, I'm really quite sure we saw it like the week before it came out at some kind of special screening.
2: Am, am I making that up? I don't know. We could have. You You did these things because you always chased, you, you, you had your sort of nose to the to the, to the the ear, to the ground, or the, whatever that expression is for these My things. My nose so and ear were on the ground. New, you had a nose and ear doctor <laughs> appointment. Yeah, no, yeah, I could see that happening, but either way, it was not good. <laughs> I remember, yeah,
0: I remember being disappointed by this movie. Wow. Not for the same reasons. Well, well, I mean, actually probably a lot of the same reasons that we'll get into now, but like I was the same. I really, by this point in time maybe I, I don't know if I even still watch South Park anymore. Probably not, but we were in high school when it came out and the movie, the South Park movie like you said was certainly a big deal as were yeah some of the other movies. One we've talked about on the podcast before is Basketball which yep. was a a a, uh, a big movie <laughs> for me. But yeah, this one was kind of a letdown. Like it yeah. was also like I wasn't the most politically active kid. You you were certainly more than me, but like we were all Wrapped up in the anxiety and outrage surrounding the Iraq War, and it, yeah, and this was right before you know the 2004 election. It seemed like this movie was going to be, it was kind of positioned to be like this key satirical work uh, during this <laughs> this yeah. uh, anxious time. Like that's what it, 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 kind of, it just you know,
2: yeah, that's, the, from way the, title, that's yeah. the way it was pitched. Yeah, that's the way it was pitched because these guys were the bad boys, but. I mean, we should talk about it, but what about Rob? Sorry, I started to host your own show, but no, what about fine. Rob's? Because we're getting into the details.
0: Yeah, wow. well, uh, yeah, I don't want to get into the details, but I, I do know, I but think you're Rob right, said yeah. that you hadn't seen It was pitched this as before. like the
2: radical, it was pitched as kind of like their take on Bush's America. Right. You know, it yeah. was kind of like, I forgot to, I was like, whoa, this is a Bush movie. This is like, a, <laughs> And it's like, and it's preoccupied with Bush's America, like TM, trademark, yeah. whatever. Like it was, it really is in there. So yeah, I, you're right. It was kind of marked
0: Yeah. And uh, Rob, I don't think you ever saw this, right?
1: No, I didn't. I remember it happening. I remember the sort of cultural phenomena of it. And I remember like a lot of people, a lot of my friends liked it. But I was never a big South Park fan. I always found it a little bit too crass for me. And although, you know, I, I think that I, I do have like a certain respect for those guys and the work that they do. You know, sometimes it's funny. Sometimes it's, you know, very pointedly satirical. Sometimes they are, uh, dicks and sometimes they are juvenile. But, uh, I've never really sort of enjoyed their stuff enough to go and seek out this movie. But I also thought that, you know, it's a movie that a lot of people do like. It was a big film and We're kind of in a—I don't know if it's a similar place, but it's a place where you can sort of draw parallels anyway, talking, you know, about America right now. I mean, the difference then is that everybody was, like, you know, sort of caught in this, like, patriotic, rah-rah, like, America fuck yeah circle jerk, which this movie was a handy antidote to. Now, I mean,
0: America—it's
1: a lot different— and it's still very scary, but in a different way. I don't know what it has to say about the world that we live in today, but I was kind of interested to see whether it said anything at all.
0: Well, I think there's certainly something to be said in terms of like the way people behave today and like tracing that back to Team America and South Park. Like, I don't, you know, we could maybe do a South Park episode in the future. I don't want this. Should just be a referendum on South Park, but like certainly there have been a lot of think pieces in the past few years about like did South Park kind of breed the kind of like alt right internet trolls that uh, you mm-hmm. know kind of dominate the Twitter Twitter sphere these days. I, I don't know. I think there's something to be said about that, and and certainly, yeah. I mean, we'll talk about the politics of South Park. I don't think that's avoidable when we get into the show. I was thinking about watching it now, like, and my disappointment with the movie. I think like my fandom of South Park being like a teenager when it first came on and watching those first few years and really up to the movies, I think when I kind of dropped off for the most part, like we kind of watched that show. We were at the age where we were watching it before it really got to the sort of political stuff. Right? Like I kind of liked those guys, like even when they were commentating, commentating on Stuff like in the South Park movie, they were mainly like, you know, tackling like their own uh, controversies. They were addressing like censorship and media and parenting. You know, like all of these things were kind of wrapped up in the uh, in the discussion of the show itself. Like, I think after I stopped watching it is when it became this very like, you know, it, it was tackling the issues of the day and very very quickly. Right, was the other thing, but yeah, yeah I I more like them for like the absurd stuff. The you know, like <laughs> my f- favorite thing those guys ever did. Will always be basketball. I can't <laughs> see a world. <laughs> basketball. Of
2: where that is. I can attest to J.M.'s obsession with basketball. Wow. It, it like got into his kind of personalities, like genome, and he would like quote it. He still quotes it sometimes, subconsciously, in some of his mannerisms. I still detect a hint of basketball. It's the same with uh, if Blaine were here, he would
0: say the same thing. He's also a big <clears throat> basketball fan. But let's get into Team America because there's a lot to talk about. Rob, do you want to run down the plot of the movie?
1: I will try. It's very convoluted. It starts in Paris, France, America's greatest enemy, uh, sure. and it, it starts kind of cleverly with like the with the marionette, and then you know because we know this is going to be a puppet movie, and then it sort of zooms out and the puppets being puppeted by a puppet, huh? That's good. I like that. It's like some uh, being
0: John Malkovich shit.
1: (laughs) Yeah, that's right. That's right. It's very artsy. But uh, we see there's this small boy with chocolate staining his face, and uh, he's just having a lovely French day when he runs into some big, scary Arab men. And these Arab men have a briefcase. Of course, they are terrorists, and uh, they're going to do some terrorizing in France. But luckily... Team America, the world police are here to save the day, France being solidly in their jurisdiction. They, you know, come down and they like shoot up the terrorists as a big gunfight and they they win for freedom, but not without a price. One of the Team America members, while he is proposing to his love, gets shot by one of these mean, scary, evil terrorists and dies. And that is the beginning. It's you know, full of action and drama and, and Sturm and Drong.
0: Yeah. I mean, (laughs) one thing that left out to me this time was I was impressed by the, the, how authentic the, the action movie beats felt. Like Mm -hmm. a lot of times you watch a parody and, and they, you know, they kind of get one or two things, right. But this felt like the music, the, the way the sort of action choreography was done. Like, it felt like, you know, a Bruckheimer movie or or something like that.
1: Yeah, and and that's definitely what they're, like, one of their primary sources of uh, parody. Uh, Or Michael Bay, who they mention by name uh, in song later.
0: I mean, I don't know if we want to get right into, like... (laughs) The kind of like racist overtones of the yeah, movie. Yeah, no. Want to wait to get that probably, later. <laughs> yeah,
2: no. I mean, that's the thing. Like, so with this, this is kind of my global view. These guys are experts in what they know, which is film and television right like they know that stuff they know it well it's like in their own it's like it's how it's written so like the conventions the beats as you put it right like they had a whole song about montages that's taking place during a montage for instance later like this is what they know but the the problem though is that that parody it's a formal parody right like they're periodically kind of restaging old American Hollywood action movie cliches, mm-hmm. right? Like that's the baseline description. That's how they would describe it. And like other uh, and and you know, Top Gun things like that, like jingoistic stuff, right? I mean, even the title, right? Like like Top Gun, the like Top Gun kind of haunts this movie as much as anything else. And I Which love was the fact literally that
0: Top- created to uh, yeah help exactly. enlist people in the military. Yeah.
2: So right, so like the American indu- like sort of military industrial complex needs Hollywood, and this was the topic of our last show actually with. Mm-hmm. Hollywood. Uh, and I was wondering college- how
1: long it'd be till we got to the military industrial <laughs> complex. But
2: like, but that's the thing inside, like inside of this movie, it looks like a critique. The intention of the authors put forward by them says we are critiquing these. We are par- like we are periodically re like sort of reperforming these old hackneyed action cliche movies of the eighties, seventies, whatever, nineties. Right? Like that's what they're doing at the baseline level. But then the content of what they're doing is this is where it runs into an issue because then they take the stock characters of American news culture and American sort of politics at that time, the sort of contemporary moment, which is, by the way, America is occupying not just Iraq, but also Afghanistan, right? There's like in total, probably half a million troops in the Middle East that are literally occupying West Asia, we should call it like is literally occupying two huge countries. So this movie comes out in the context of two really violent American sort of military enterprises, things that we haven't seen since like a scale of military intervention that we hadn't seen in like 50 years. So the fact that like to them, The content is just kind of secondary. Like, they don't care, right? Like, they don't give a shit about any of this stuff. And it's not their, you know, someone could come back and say it's not their job to give a shit. Like, okay. But in reality, though, when they apply their we offend everyone politics, which is all their politics is, right? So we're going to offend everyone. All the substance of what they do is nothing, right? Like, for good parody, good satire, satire, people have to, people forget this. Satire is a means to an end right it's something that gets you representation like that allows it's like the court jester making fun of the king and the king being too stupid to figure it out now these guys think they're the court jester but they're they're fucking the king too right because they're the producers of their own shit so they're performing for what basically their peers and their audience and that's why the the real sort of purpose of this movie is to lampoon liberal hollywood for it's you know, limpid resistance to American imperialism in Iraq. That's really what it comes down to. Well,
0: I, I think there's there's kind of two things happening with this movie that I think, like, we were kind of talking before we started recording, like, the the sort of main defense of this movie that I'm not totally convinced of, but you could argue, like, the the sort of... Talking about this first scene, talking about, like, the scary Arab man, like, it is an offensive portrayal it's, it's done in a tasteless way, but it takes place within the world of an action movie. And right. yeah. I think they would say that they put that there and they put, you know, they have like the Homeland music playing as, you know, we see them. Like, I think that if you yeah. ask them, they would say, well, we did this to, you know, uh, lampoon the, the yeah. way Hollywood kind of demonizes, uh, people from this region
1: or I, even I th- the way that america views people from that region. Totally. Yeah.
0: And I think that's fair. I don't think the movie ever drives it home enough to like make that clear to, you know, 90% of the audience.
2: Laoca Dirk. I François, <laughs> mauvais garçon.
0: où Well, I, I think the big problem with that, and with the movie as a whole, is the movie's kind of doing two things. It's making fun of action movies. It's 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 the central thesis of the movie is basically like don't don't take any kind of political inference from Hollywood, from action movies, from it's all fake, it's all stupid. I mean, there's a reason why the central yeah, yeah, character, it's all fake,
2: it's all stupid. Yeah, That's the it's thesis. all stupid. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. But. That's the entire South Park thesis too. It's all stupid.
0: It kind of yeah, exactly, which which we'll talk about more, I'm sure.
2: But I I think
0: it is at its core trying to uh trying to take down movies and Hollywood and the way Hollywood kind of frames uh, real-world events. Now, I yeah. think they came up with this idea and it was a solid idea, and then like some of the most like impactful, you know, global events <laughs> happened in the court. Like they wrote this movie or the first draft of this movie like before the Iraq War ever happened. And so as they kept plotting but after nine
2: eleven, though,
0: I don't know. I couldn't find that out, but I I wonder. I don't know. Probably, but I think that the way, especially like we we're talking about how it comes out before the election, I think they kind of had this idea of doing an action movie with puppets satirizing hollywood and then kind of as that gained steam and as that kind of necessarily had to reflect what was happening in the world it became this other thing and the movies trying to straddle that balance of lampooning both is is where it yeah. kind of falls apart for me and kind of renders all of it null. But I I'm sorry, th- we've gone on a few detours. Yeah. <laughs> Rob. We're still we're only the plot in the first We have to go to Broadway. Yay. Where?
1: <laughs> it's a very I love the uh the miniature Broadway they they Yeah, construct. this was that
2: was very well done. The aesthetics of the movie are fun but they get tiring after like 5 minutes. Yeah.
1: <laughs> And we and we get to uh we get to see a bit of a musical called Lease, which is an obvious parody of um The Lion King. Yeah. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Rent. And uh here we meet Gary, who is the protagonist of the film, and he's singing a song uh called oh, uh God.
2: Yeah, I mean, it's just this is typical them. Like they're like, let's let's take something sad and make fun of it. <laughs> like well, there's no they're not smart. Like that's that's what it comes down to. Like good parody, good satire requires intelligence. These guys are not intelligent. They're cynical and they watch a lot of TV. Like, yeah. that's it's like Trump. He's a, they're actually like Trump in that way. Like, Trump is a smart guy only insofar as he knows how to, like, manipulate me- media. Otherwise, he's just an oaf. So you you're know, saying like the th-
0: politics of Donald Trump are a lot like the AIDS song from <laughs>
2: America. Wow. It's the same. It's the same. Like uh, what's there's nothing at stake in either of them in any of it. The point is, you hear something a lot of the news, and you make fun of it for your people who eat it up. I, I would disagree with this scene. I think I, I, I kind of chuckled because I think the
0: joke is not that the song is about something terrible. I think the joke is that that musical is about something terrible and it's a musical and then they cut to the audience and it's all like people all dressed up, probably pretty, like rich, yeah. like yeah. bobbing their heads to the song about AIDS. I mean, yeah. the, the kind of uh, ironic thing about that is like I felt like I had a similar experience going to see the Book of Mormon, which is the...
2: Isn't know? that funny? <laughs> you either live long enough, you die the enemy or whatever. What's the line from Dark Knight? Like, yeah, they just it just became that.
0: But yeah, Well, I, I went to go see the Book of Mormon because, like, my wife wanted to go and I think I got her tickets for her birthday. People and, love it. And I wanted to go see it because, you know, like, I... Yeah, I, there's a lot of stuff those these guys have li- done that I like. And I went and it was just so weird to... Have that like mental reset of being like, wow, like when South Park came out, like my parents, friends didn't want them watching it. (laughs) Teachers were upset about like people wearing T-shirts. It was controversial. They aired it at midnight because people complained after they aired it at 930. It was like a big deal. It was this controversial, edgy thing. And to go from that to like these guys wrote a musical and we paid like $200 to go see it and we're sitting with a bunch of rich people with white hair and they're all dressed in. I was just like looking around like, what were the like fuck bust is in. This?
2: They were like bust in from the suburbs to watch the Book of Mormon.
0: Yeah, and there's like making jokes that are like offensive jokes. I'm like, I don't know about about that joke. And then I look around and like I see some, you know, rich 70-year-old dude laughing at him and I'm like, now I really don't like that joke.
2: <laughs> it's like, it was just so yeah. weird to yeah. like no that's yeah. exactly it that's like these the the intention of the authors is irrelevant it's how it lands and and i actually want to question the intention thesis that these guys have because whatever we could talk about libertarianism but you're right like exactly what you said was right the people who find this funny are supposedly the targets of it like what does that say that the targets of it like the status quo so to speak Right, like, or like, it doesn't like to, to make fun. Like, this movie ends with Alec Baldwin, right? Like, putting aside the f word stuff. Like, so, so, for instance, <laughs> what you were saying earlier about the AIDS, like, the AIDS thing. Okay, on its face, like, fine. You could make fun of the rent thing. If they were, if they were here, they would defend themselves and say, "Oh, we're making fun of the fact that they like took this took this very serious crisis of like of, like that affected like millions of people and like basically tore a lot of like, parts of New York out, like ripped up the parts of sort of New York, certain artist communities." And, And you profited off of it and turned it into this like cheesy theater piece, right? Fine, like La Bohème shtick. Fine, you can say that. But at the heart of that, though, like that's the beginning of something funny. Right? But that's all those guys have. They all they have is to say it's stupid to make a musical about AIDS. And it's like, okay, now it's also stupid to do that about other shit. So now what? Like bring bring something else to the table other than saying it's stupid. But then when you combine that, that's on that's only if you like read that scene in isolation. But if you combine that with the fact that these guys you every opportunity to drop the F bomb, which is to say F-A-G, I don't wanna say it, like like, these guys do, right? It's literally written. I mean, these guys really, like, made a career. Like, it's almost like Eddie Murphy and delirious levels of homophobia, right? Like, and it's played off as, oh, they're just part of, like, the many people we make fun of. But the bad people, the people who are, like, the object of the most derision in the movie are F-A-G- are part of F.A.G. The, what is it? The Something the Actors film Guild? Film Actors Guild. Yeah, Film in, Actors in Guild. Real
0: life, in real life, it's SAG. It's the Screen yeah, Actors
2: and Guild. And it's like, yeah. wow, that so, was really yeah. funny. Like, that's literally what you would do in, like, 12 years old. Like, these guys, I mean, this is such a trite thing to say, but it's true. But these guys never grew up. They just did the same thing over and over again. And they actually are the guys from Basketball. (laughs) like that's them like that they really are and i think that's why basketball works because it's really just them it's them and their stupid little sport that they made up for their dopey fans that's kind of dumb and racist and like in a dumb and racist movie like and sexist and whatever like fine go like but there's not much in that there's not much but these guys have turned this into this massive cultural empire and sorry i'm ranting again i'll stop (laughs)
0: Well, okay, let's, let's move on to the next scene. <laughs>
2: okay, well, so he gets a shadowy visitor,
1: and uh, this visitor invites him back to his limo, and after uh, some mixed messages, they get to telling oh, him yeah. that they want him as the world's greatest actor to go undercover, or act like a terrorist. That way he can help foil this terrorist plot, which he explains is going to be worse. is going to be as bad as a Um which is a lot. And, you know, he meets the whole team. There's a bunch of other dudes and there's two girls. So there's like a love triangle that's starting to form. And they ask whether he's willing to be a hero for his country or there's the door. And, uh, it's funny he takes the door and uh he leaves and yeah, uh,
2: he's a reluctant he's a reluctant hero joey campbell
0: yeah they actually apparently they said that they read you'll appreciate this scene they read the joseph campbell stuff before making this movie to hit every <laughs> cliche <laughs> from every movie you've seen
2: yeah that's that's i mean like yeah i mean but they also didn't really need to cuz they've seen these movies like, yeah. they're actually, they're shrewd. This is their talent. They're shrewd sort of watchers of movies. They're basically podcasters, like sort of close reading podcasters. Like, I mean, they have other talents, but like the, the, the intellectual sort of strength of this is 100% rests upon their critique of certain cultural forms and conventions of American sort of late capitalist Hollywood. Period. That's it. That's all they can do like there's nothing else outside of it which is which is which is the problem with the satire which is like it sucks the sort of force out of it because it's just malnourished it doesn't have a anything undergirding it it's like you know Jonathan Swift writes about eating babies, but underneath that is a lifetime of sort of work writing about the poverty, like, like you know, a, a bunch of different things going on. Like he's and a man he really matters. ate babies. He and put he his really money where babies. his mouth was. <laughs> but anyways, so this is, this is the, those scenes again are just like, oh. Well, God. I mean, okay, I'll, I,
0: I really didn't want to be the one defending this movie. <laughs> but I don't, apparently I don't you like are. It very much. But I will say, I think these guys, like, know how to construct a good joke. Like I think this movie works best and I think their humor works best when they are just leaning into pure absurdity. Like there's the best jokes about this movie of this movie are just when (laughs) when they you know when they have jokes about the fact that it's puppets. Like they when the puppets are dancing or when they you know place the puppets. But that's one joke that they make
2: through the whole thing. That's this one joke over and over again. Like like that's the thing. The form the form is the joke. Right. Like the format of the movie and how it's made its production is half the joke of the movie. Well, that actually is not
1: bad. That should be enough.
2: Yeah. But then they had to sort of go out of the way and make it a political allegory of a sort of satire. They wanted that controversy and they wanted it wasn't good enough to sort of do that. But I don't know. Mm -hmm. Totally. Yeah.
0: Yeah.
1: Well, so they transform this actor surgically into uh, oh, god. <laughs> I forgot about this. <laughs> this part's crazy. He's like the uh I mean, he, he just has like splotches of it looks like pubic hair on his face yeah. and yeah. uh brown oh. makeup.
2: Uh, so offensive. Oh wait, my god. But uh,
0: but again, that's I the think thing that's that, that sad, happens in satire. movies. Yeah, like that's uh, that's the joke. Like th- there's literally one uh, it's I think you only live once or you only live twice, the James Bond movie where <laughs> He has to go undercover in Japan and just gets this horribly offensive makeup job where he just looks like Sean Connery with like, you know, (laughs) a weird eye thing. Like, uh, it's a thing that's happened in movies. So I I, I don't know. I think, yeah, the whole first chunk of this movie, I just read as like an indictment of the way movies kind of depicts race to a certain extent.
2: uh, It's not an indictment. It's not an indictment. It's laughing at. There's a difference.
0: I yeah, okay, fair enough, you're right It's, that's, it's that's, not an indictment like, it, it like, and, and, yeah.
2: and then when it's just laughing This is the problem, when it's just laughing And just being like, look how stupid that is and you recreate the thing that's bad, then you're also just making it worse because you're giving license and you're normalizing something that like 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 just alone on its face. The Durka Durka Mohammed Jihad stuff, like that gets them against the wall, in my view. I mean, I'm not speaking literally here. But like this. Wait, you're movie, speaking literally? I mean sorry, I'm not speaking literally here. Like, you're saying you want who do you want to murder exactly? <laughs> this movie? Like that that like puts this movie against the wall in terms of like, wait, did you just act? Because imagine, I mean, look, we were raised on the... We were raised on the, like, remember the prequels? How there were, like, all, like, Black Fate, there was, like, a Step and Fetch it character, and there was, like, a Charlie <laughs> Chan character. And there was just, like, what are we, and it was just normal. It was acceptable, right? But, like, the added, the supposed smug, kind of, like, libertarian, like, I know that's bad, but I'm going to do it anyways because I say that it's bad and I want to point out that it's bad. But yeah, they totally. still it's, like yeah. saying it, they You're still right. enjoy it's, saying it. Not they still like saying it's not indictment indictment. It's, f-a-g They like
0: spelling it out. It's pointing out something bad and having way too much fun. Yeah, doing yeah. it. It's kind. Of, it kind of reminds me of like when when Quentin Tarantino like writes movies where he has to say the N word.
2: Yes, exactly. <laughs> it's like, I'm saying which this is like it's a the bad center word, of his but, career.
1: Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like, I mean, I sort of, I sort of see like a little bit of a difference between the Durka Durka thing, which. I think that they are maybe trying to say this is how Americans or how American movies do view uh, everybody from other cultures. Like in American action movies, they're not speaking the real language. They're just speaking gibberish. I think it's supposed to be like obvious to us. Uh, and we're supposed to yeah. like see that. Where I think it is like straight up racist. And I don't think that there's any satirical excuse is the uh, Kim Jong-il uh, yeah, we use of the you know, classic Asian stereotype of uh exchanging L's and R's. Oh yeah. They just
2: wanna do that. That's that's what's exactly. fun for them. They like yeah. they like they they get their rocks off being racist on T V and then they later whitewash it and say like, Oh, it's fine. It's just comedy. Well it's that's the parody. that's
0: that's the other thing I wanted to say about this very point, this defense of it, where I, I do think that the movie is structured to be like, this is a movie world. This is a Hollywood American movie world. And these are the things that we're pointing out. And and like we've said, they they have too much fun doing it. They kind of revel in it to an uncomfortable point. But then the other, the kind of other strike against them is that they do the same thing on South park without yeah. this kind of like structure yeah. of a political satire. Like they just yeah. do it in random episodes where yeah. you know they're voicing different characters or they're you know sending the kids to the middle east whatever it is like they they clearly just enjoy uh, doing that. I mean, it's also hard to get offended at them because they're doing it to be offensive. And it's almost like mm-hmm. you don't want to give them the satisfaction of.
2: But the problem is later when your friends in the schoolyard case in point, our friend that we saw this with, when he still, <laughs> no, who uh-uh. still says, who still sometimes says Durka Durka still, I think yeah. I heard him say it a few years ago. I think I may be making that up, but he said it up recently. And like, yeah. And like that's like that's it's not about intention versus how it lands. And I th- I think I said that earlier. It's actually bigger than that because like the moment you cite the moment you circulate these old you know for lack of a better word tropes and kind of signifiers and you know like Eleanor and like switching up Eleanor or even the whole thing about North Korea Um, like the Democratic People's Republic of Korea. It's not called North Korea anyways. But like, we can't even get the name right, but how it's this, how it's the, it's like, in that case, it's like the stand-in for evil, right? Like, oh, the dictatorial regime and all this stuff. And it's like a kind of like, it's a paragon of evil and, and, and Asiatic. It's what, you know, in Orientalism, the book by Edward Said, he calls it, um, uh, a- Asiatic despotism, like Oriental despotism, right? And so Kim Jong, Kim Jong Il, and now his son, like they've been, they've been these parodied as these characters. I actually now want to do an episode of my podcast, which is called The East is a Podcast. If you don't know it, on just mashing up different Hollywood obsession with the DPRK. Because this is one of them, right? Like, later on, there was something... With, there were, recently, there was the interview, yeah. right? And it's like... it's, But, like, here's the thing that you don't say. Americans killed, I think, over a million Koreans in the Korean War... North Koreans in the Korean War. Like, a huge chunk of their population, right? And so there's this weird obsession with going back and making fun of the people you killed... Who are now threatening to you. And why? Geez Kel, Sabriz, Like, they developed nuclear weapons. They developed ballistic missiles. They're armed to the teeth. And for a good reason... Right. Like you can put aside whatever life is like in North Korea, but try to understand it from their view that like, why are we antagonistic to the outside world? Maybe because the entire world, including the UN invaded that country and like try to overthrow their government. So it's like, these are the intelligent, these are like rational, intelligent, like unsexy, unfunny ways of talking about North Korea. Or you could just be like Trey Parker or whatever his name is. Or is it Trey Parker? Yeah. And then just be like, Oh, let's switch our L's on ours. Let's just do the same shit I was raised on. Like, it's well, such a yeah, frat but- boy. It's such a frat boy thing. Like these guys are criminal. I like, think these it's guys fair are just to critique there. the
0: North Korean regime. I think sure. that's fair, but this is not the way to do that.
2: Yeah, yeah, they don't know anything. These guys don't know shit. They're not like yeah. I mean, they don't, Kim, Kim Jong Il no was
0: a target
1: because George W. Bush made him a target by doing that whole Axis of Evil thing. And I think him as a public figure, he is fair game. But what's not fair game is using you know racial stereotypes to lampoon him. That doesn't. Yeah. You know, that's not acceptable
2: at all. Yeah, the point are the stereotypes. The point is to give yourself a license to perform this way, and then retroactively say that oh, it's it's comedy, parody, irony. You know, I mean, it's like a it's a, it's it's typical. Why is everyone so fucking stupid? Why aren't more people
1: intelligent
2: like me? I'm so lonely, so lonely. So lonely and sad, real alone,
0: there's no one, just me only, sitting on my riddle throne. So it's around this time that, yeah, the movie really like changes gears because right. we... We get into not just the Kim Jong-il stuff, but also we meet all the uh, puppets that are modeled to look like real-life movie stars. And they're all the kind of like, I mean, I guess most movie stars are left-leaning other than like John Voight.
2: They're and, liberals. Let's put yeah, it out way. They're, they're liberals.
0: Libs. Well,
1: and, they're specifically like the ones that were opposed to the yeah. war in Iraq and the ones who were outspoken like Sean Penn and Alec right. Baldwin and Susan Sarandon and Tim Robbins.
0: And, uh, but yeah, some of them are like really, ra- like Liv Tyler. I don't remember seeing Liv Tyler <laughs> say anything. Yeah. Uh, yeah.
2: I mean, yeah, this is where. It just becomes axe grinding with your peers. Yeah, let's make fun of our peers for daring to say anything. It gets to the
0: it's it's at this point in the movie. Like I even remember thinking this at the time. It's like, oh, this is more of like a you thing. Like this is
2: (laughs) this is less (laughs) of like (laughs) our
0: concern and more of like this is your industry and you have a. It's it's like them wrestling with their own celebrity in a way. Like they're so narcissistically being part of like the Hollywood establishment that they had to make a movie where they literally murdered the Hollywood. An establishment yeah. but under the, the guise of being this uh you know this broader uh political story.
2: I, I don't know. Like didn't I, George Clooney play a huge role in their he in did. their He didn't like, actually, like, it's that elite that made them. He basically got
0: South Park on the air. He helped set them up. Because the the South Park, like, you know, demo or whatever, like the first short film they made, would get passed around at Hollywood parties. People would play it. And George Clooney was one of the people who said, hey, what is that? And he helped get the thing moving. Like, I mean, yeah, I think they're friends with all these people or a lot of the people, except for Sean Penn. Sean (laughs) Penn was very upset about this movie. Did you guys read about that? yeah i did read about that he said he sent them a letter (laughs) outlining (laughs) exactly how upset he was about this movie sean penn
2: can sean penn can shove it
0: that's it yeah (laughs) it's the only thing sean penn is a garbage person and uh, yeah
2: it's smug like yeah hit up all the smug liberals you want but their their issue with them is not that they're smug liberals it's that they're smug liberals who oppose the iraq war that's what unites them because in their world nobody could ever take an ethical stand against a war Right. right it's always for cynical reasons because they themselves are cynical assholes who have who just you know i mean what's funny is that they actually had a kind of weird recuperation in michael moore's documentary right bowling for columbine they played these kind of weird protagonists like if we only understood them because they're from that town right
1: yeah they're from nearby and actually that's why michael moore was sort of included as a bad guy in this because Um, In Bowling for Columbine, they were interviewed, but then there is an animated section that sort of uses South Park style animation, but wasn't at all authorized or, you know, had anything to do with them. And so it made people think that, you know, they endorsed this movie and, you know, whatever Michael Moore was saying, but actually they didn't.
0: So, yeah, I remember seeing. It was. I think Matt Stone was in Bowling for Columbine, and yeah, they they had a, a cartoon shortly after his interview. where well, but it's talking like this? So it's done in the South Park style, but it's it's not actually made by them, and they were mad about that. I mean, that's the other thing. Like, I, I this movie annoys me because I have to keep defending people I don't <laughs> like. Like, I really don't like Michael Moore. I think it's they a, really don't deserve it either. Yeah, they do not deserve. He's it. a terrible filmmaker, and uh, I and. You know, probably a bad person if you believe, you know, certain accounts. But like, if you, you know, create a movie where it's like Michael Moore <laughs> wants to destroy America, and like, uh, that's buying into this like absurd yeah. right wing, and also like yeah, point. and deep,
2: and the North Korea dictator that like you're doing Bush's work for him. Mm-hmm. I mean, these are the guys these guys you could say in some ways help the Iraq war with their first movie like there was no need to have Saddam Hussein as a character in that movie who's like literally fucking the devil and of course they had to add on like a good heapings worth of homophobia but like that kind of dehumanization forget of Saddam Hussein Saddam Hussein is human garbage but the fact that you can then these guys are in service of a larger sort of imperialist project of designating certain countries as enemies and telling them look at how bad they are. Look at how despotic they are. And because they located it around the so-called like dictators personalities, whatever, like they located located around them. That's their that's their kind of get out of jail for free card. But really, all they do is like watch MSNBC reports that are like probably made up about North Korea, and then they turn that into a movie the same way James Franco and fucking Seth Rogen did it too with this with that interview bullshit. Although that movie costs Sony, uh, but like. Because it was is not supposedly the cause of the hack. Oh yeah. No, yeah, yeah, yeah. Good, good, good for North Korean. Well, no, hackers.
0: no, no. We don't support <laughs> North Korea hacking.
2: Sony. Uh, Although, yes, <laughs> yes we do. Although I will I say <laughs> there were some funny emails to get leaked. Thank you. you. They, how many? How many podcast episodes? How much research did they help those North Korean heroes? They helped a lot of us no, by exposing. Those we're not emails. calling yeah. them heroes for the record. <laughs> uh,
0: no. <laughs> I did, we, rewatchability does not endorse that statement. <laughs> <laughs>
1: i mean let's just wrap up to the end of like the of the plot kim jong-il is gonna he has a big peace conference planned with the
2: film actors guild
1: and they're gonna destroy everything with all the world leaders there and and gary has to learn how to act again because he doesn't believe in himself after the team gets captured they go and they do that and um yeah they, they 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 you know kill them all right (laughs) <laughs> but I mean, the big thing, the big thing is the speech, the speech that he gives oh, is the uh, the dick so asshole stupid. pussy speech. And this is I mean, this is what I think is that the implicit message of the movie is that like, it's you not know,
2: implicit, it's explicit. It's explicit. <laughs> it's the
1: implicit that I mean. <laughs> it's the explicit mo- point of the movie is that, yes, they sort of look at America as like this world police force that, yes, sometimes fucks a bunch of shit up causes a whole bunch of collateral damage but is ultimately needed and i feel like that is like that is just plainly stated that is what they believe yeah. that is yeah. the point of this movie even though yeah. they're satirizing america fuck yeah even though there's the country songs with the patriotism they they actually buy into that like they they love it that's they love yeah. who they are we're reckless arrogant stupid dicks
2: And the Film Actors Guild are pussies. And Kim Jong-il is an asshole. Pussies don't like dicks. Because pussies get fucked by dicks. But dicks also fuck assholes. Assholes who just want to shit on everything.
1: That's, I think, what... I think was the, like, you know, the ultimate disappointment of the movie, other than all the racism, homophobia, sexism, and other bigotry, is that, like, yeah, they, like, they actually just support the Iraq war. Yeah. Like they're not oppositional. <laughs> That's what this movie is. They're
2: not – these guys are not oppositional. That's their greatest skill is manufacturing this image of themselves as being oppositional. Well, really what they're talking about like the the whole thesis of the first South Park movie and we loved it. I mean I think I saw it with you, J.M. No, I saw it with I don't a friend. Know. But we see we, – What? Yeah, which like, friend? The whole thing which of friend? it was – which What's friend? his name? I saw it. <laughs> But like I, the whole thesis of it is like, why do you guys give us so much crap about how much we swear? Which, when I was like sixteen or seventeen or eighteen, like I was like, yeah, this is a righteous issue. But it's just like about their own stupid little world of having to yeah. deal with censors. Like it's like it's there's nothing there's nothing interesting in that. It's just an excuse. Well, I, I think I think there is.
0: I, mean, I haven't seen that movie in a long time, but I think there's something. There are more. You guys did, th- did it on the you
2: guys did it on the podcast. No, right? we haven't. Yeah.
0: No. Oh, you haven't really. No, no. But I, I think there are more equipped to address that issue whereas yes. in this it feels That's like they're, they're punching above with. their weight you know what I mean yes, like, yeah, they're yes, not absolutely. ready for this and yeah the other thing I want to say is like I, I think there's a few fundamental problems with that. Well, for one thing, like the movie, you know, and they kind of position themselves as like these punk rock edgy guys. And no, like you said, that no. speech at the end, like it basically wraps up with like a bad New York Times op-ed. <laughs> yes. last few minutes. <laughs> yes. but it's also, a defense
2: of the status quo, ultimately. But
0: also it's the, if like basically the moral of the movie is a huge self-own because we get to yeah. this point where the end of the movie is like, don't let Hollywood inform your political decisions. And it's like, Right. Wait a minute. This is a movie. <laughs> this is a yeah. movie like, telling me its they, political yeah. position yeah. is not to listen to Hollywood. It's like a weird Rubarus of like nonsense. <laughs> yeah. Well,
1: I can see a difference in like a celebrity who is speaking out at like a red carpet award ceremony thing and, you know, expressing your political views through your art, I think is two totally different things. And you can argue that, you know, I sometimes I think celebrities should shut up. I mean, they, sometimes they don't Most know of the time about time
0: things. They should.
1: <laughs> Gwyneth Paltrow, I don't think, has anything good to say to people. Well, so you know, The
0: problem isn't that Gwyneth Paltrow has you know dumb opinions i'm sure she does the problem is that people give them a forum to espouse That's them what it is. where they shouldn't yeah. like i was reading about the making of this movie and it was i think their co-writer pam brady who said like they started writing the uh celebrity thing because they started seeing cable news putting actors on TV to talk about foreign policy when they're obviously not who should be talking about that. Right. But the problem is not that George Clooney has a thought about the Iraq war. The problem is the cable news is a (laughs) a diarrhea (laughs) factory that needs to... Which is also
2: their source, right? Which is like, you can tell, like, these guys have never done any deep dives into anything to do with the world. Like, these guys just watch TV and they make TV. Like, this has to do fundamentally with the fun, like, just the basic basic like basicness in other words of of hollywood it's it's very low level it's not intelligent the things that we think are radically intelligent and critical turned out to be kind of lame. it's like whenever i see hollywood trying to like be smart and be critical whatever it's like it's so i can only think of that garfield meme of him looking at a meme of himself with like a no sign and he's saying like gee i wonder who that's for (laughs) and it's like don't you get that like you are the target like as you said it's like an it's like a self-own of like bro you are the status quo you are hollywood like you show up to the oscars in a dress it's not funny that you show up in a dress first of all it's like you just like you think it's funny to like dress up as a woman and like wear a dress it's like hilarious for them putting that aside but like bro you're still at the oscars like you're still like a hack at the oscars and like robin williams is singing your grand song on the stage like what do you what do you you're not an outsider like they never have been
0: yeah, I I I wouldn't call them hacks because again I think that they're funny guys. They and are now. They, a lot of they are work. now. I don't, I haven't watched the show in years, but I, I also like I love the music in South Park, which they're nominated for. So I I, I don't want to you know completely get in the bar. Interesting. they're enough, an
2: establishment. They're an establishment. They've always been the establishment. They, that's my yeah, only point. Yeah, yeah,
0: totally. Like that's been probably their biggest frustration, and I think that's what this movie is ultimately about which is why it was maybe a bit disappointing. Okay, we're going to take a short break. We'll be right back with trivia questions. Woo! I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on LinkedIn.com slash achieve today. We're back. It's rewatchability. We're on the Entertainment One podcast network. We're talking about Team America World Police it's a movie that uh, I don't think any of us like that much. Um, there, are some, there are some jokes I really laugh at. They're mostly uh, puppet-based <laughs> jokes.
2: It's good that you can see the strings. It's funny. That's, I that's could great. say one nice thing about and, it.
0: And you know what? Like, There's no other movies like it.
2: Except, the Except for the Thunderbirds movie. movie. No. That,
0: in fact, that's what partly why this movie started. <laughs> well, that's true. The, the, was it, because, was, it was CG, right? No, it was live action. Oh, live
2: action. Didn't I just can't picture it that way.
0: Movie? Yeah, the Thunderbirds movie was...
2: Directed lot- by Jonathan Frakes? Directed by
0: Jonathan yeah. Frakes, Commander Riker. <laughs> and that's partly what got them to make this movie, was they heard about... the the Thunderbirds, Jonathan Frakes projects and uh, said like, Oh, that'd be fun. And like puppets. And they're like, no, it's just going to be people. And they're like, that's dumb. Someone should make a a big puppet action movie. That's what got them (laughs) thinking about this is Jonathan Frakes, uh, you know, lack of ambition. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, Okay. I have some trivia questions for you. Question number one, the guy who does the voice of Spotswood, who's like the, the leader of Team America is also a recurring actor on one of my favorite shows. Uh, I guess this question also relies on you knowing a bit about me, but what is it? What's the show? It's one of my favorites that he's an actor on Red Shoe Diaries. <laughs>
2: uh, no. Rescue 911.
0: <laughs> no.
2: <laughs> it's not William Shatner.
0: No, it's uh, the actor is Darren Norris and he plays Cliff on Veronica Mars.
2: Oh, which one was Cliff again?
0: He's their lawyer, and I always love <laughs> it when he shows up. He's great. Which
2: one is Veronica Mars again? Oh,
0: come on. <laughs> also, I thought this was fun, because they do most of the voices themselves, but Alec mm-hmm. Baldwin is played by uh, legendary voice actor, Maurice LaMarche. Ooh, it's wow. at the brain. Yeah. Yeah, he's great. Okay, uh, number two. Marvin. What did they put inside the Michael Moore puppet before they blew it up to give it that real, you know, Michael Moore exploding effect?
2: Watermelon. Well, that's
0: a good guess, <laughs> but no. Rob? Hmm.
2: Hot dog meat? Oh, that's, that's
0: close. Ham. They put ham oh. inside Damn. Michael Moore.
1: That's so clever. Uh, Michael Moore, you he did notice, is a large Yes. Yeah. Oh, sorry. Sorry, Sorry, Rob. You don't have to say the F word. That's Uh,
2: all these jokes are. Isn't it funny that they're gay? Isn't it funny that they're fat? Isn't it funny that they're brown?
0: Michael Morris holding two hot dogs when they interview him. It's like, yeah, there's things you can make fun of him other than the fact that he might like hot dogs.
2: That's what's hacky about it. That's what's hacky. You're right. Yeah.
0: Uh, I just don't think... I wouldn't call them hacks per se because I think as, as misguided as a lot of this movie is and a lot of their work is and how much I, I don't agree with it, I think that they can still structure a funny joke. I mean, my favorite episode of South Park is a later one that I happen to see, or I don't know if it's my favorite, but what I really like is the one where they go to like the Pioneer Village. And and it's taken over by, uh, like, jewel thieves or something, and they want to get into a safe, but everyone is still in character and refuses to acknowledge that they're not (laughs) in a pioneer village.
2: Another good one is the baseball one, where they hate playing baseball. That's another good one. And uh, the gamer one, like the the Warcraft one.
0: Yeah, I think I saw that. Yeah, and they have like go back and look at the shows. Like they have some like all time. It's like The bad, Simpsons. All time bad takes on <laughs> on issues. Yeah. Like they, I think they recently even like did kind of a Mia culpa on their climate change. Like they did an episode about Al Gore. Oh yeah, in front of Bear Al Gore. Pig. Yeah, yeah. <sighs> but yeah, because
2: that's the thing. No one in that's that's exactly it. These guys, no one can ever have any. Political sincerity. I mean yeah, fuck right. Al Gore. He they should make fun of him, but but Like, in their world, because they have no politics other than nihilistic, like, that whole thing at the end, dicks and asses and pussies. Like, these are people who've never touched anybody else. Like, it's all just orifice for them. Like, it's like, you know what I mean? Like, they have a very limited worldview, and to extract hours and hours of of comedic material and narrative out of that, I mean, that's why they went back to the well that they knew with Book of Mormon. Mormons are easy to make fun of. Yeah, right, it's true. like who's gonna who's gonna defend them? Who has a big and who's gonna defend? You know, like who's as a defend one-time Afghan? Mormon,
1: I can say that.
0: <laughs> That's right. Yeah. Uh, oh, yeah,
2: I didn't know that about you.
0: Well, read the book. Uh, read the book. It's in there
2: uh, at the back. Uh, <laughs> I know. I've listened. I've listened to rewatchability many many hours, and I I didn't know that about you. Uh, the, they,
0: uh, we've definitely talked about that because yeah, that's the sure. only time Rob and I talked. I knew th-
2: I know that <laughs> <laughs> I know that like you had a you came from like a small town that was very religious but I didn't I didn't know that it was I may uh, not have been specific about it. Oh
0: okay, see, close reader. Okay, one last question. Team America originally began as a remake of what movie? Anybody know the this? A- team I, I have
1: no clue.
2: Not the A-Team? That's the only one I guess. That's my guess. It's
0: kind of a funny story. Shop and around the corner. When, when this... You know, <laughs> I, I think the story of You've how this, got mail! <laughs> I think the story of this movie, how this movie got made, kind of fills in a lot of gaps in terms of like why it's not a particularly potent satire, because it seems like they kind of just fell ass backwards into a lot of these issues, because originally they had the idea to do a puppet movie because of the uh, Thunderbirds thing. And then... They uh, were given the script or read the script somehow for the as yet unproduced but already greenlit day after tomorrow, which oh, would God. go on to star Jake Gyllenhaal, and they thought it was so <laughs> stupid. And uh, I think they heard something about like how it was greenlit just with a one sentence pitch like climate change is destroying the world, and you know it was the one of the Independence Day guys or something. So they thought that was really stupid. There's a stupid movie. They got a copy of the script. They thought, you know what we'll do? We'll make an all-puppet version of the same script. The same movie, but with puppets. Wow. And we'll release it the day after it comes out and call it the day after the day after tomorrow. <laughs>
2: <laughs> it's just gimmicks with these guys. Yeah. It's all they have is gimmick. Pretty much. That would have been a gimmick, yes. I would have watched that.
0: I think the puppet. Day after tomorrow would have been hilarious personally, but they didn 't do that because they realized that that would be uh, <laughs> infringe on a lot of copyright laws, <laughs> <laughs> but that idea morphed into doing like a different kind of or their own action movie and you know eventually right. became team america yeah, so that makes sense like we we talked about Sean Penn did not like this he uh <laughs> wrote a sternly worded letter to them.
2: Fuck Sean Penn. Go to hell, Sean Penn. Sean Penn is a bad man, abusive. He's Very bad. he's
0: not only an abuser, he's the world's worst novelist. So, oh, yeah. right. There's <laughs> also that.
1: Did you read no, that? Yeah.
0: No, no, but I read about it, and uh, it sounded awful. Yeah, so he's terrible. You know, I was thinking about them, and thinking about just how kind of this movie never digs into any kind of meaningful satire about, uh, and, and even kind of, like you said, like reinforces like the George W. Bush doctrine. Do you guys remember they made a show about George W. Bush?
1: Yeah. Like that was it. That's my Bush. or something. It's called.
0: That's my Bush. Yeah. And it was
2: like, it was, it was so bad. It was, they, it was not just like libs. Now they're like resistant libs with Trump. No, like not even because with, they don't yeah. it's not
0: even critiquing him or making fun of him. They just made like a a seventies style sitcom that happened to be set in the White House with a George W. Bush look Like it the, the kind of target of the satire was like how dopey seventies sitcoms were, if anything. And it was yeah. so strange. And again, it was I remember culturally everyone kind of had the same reaction to it as we did to Team America because there was this buildup like, oh my God, the South Park guys are doing a George W. Bush <laughs> show. It's going to be South Bush Park. Bush is going to get it now. Yeah. and Yeah, was just exactly. This, like, yeah. It was just like a threes Company type show with a guy whose name was George Bush. It was so strange. Uh but yeah that, that just popped into my head when we are were...
2: that's the thing like but being a contrarian you could you don't have anything other than being a reactionary like you literally have to wait until somebody there's like a consensus on an issue or a broad consensus and then you just take the opposite position and like that's it and like well most, I don't agree that's, with like, that that's <laughs> <laughs> that's like the Reddit. That's like, I think in some ways, that's the Redditor brain we have, like the red pill. Is it red pill? Yeah. Or red pill, blue pill. I don't remember. I don't but know. Like, I got confused kind and of... I had
1: to go to the hospital after four hours.
2: <laughs> corny! That's corny, Rob! <laughs> but I'll allow it. But like, that's... You're the I think guest. The more... <laughs> I'm going to allow it. I, I said to a uh... judgment. But like the like they, that's, that that culture of like snide nihilistic everybody's a phony. I mean that's 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 Holden Caulfield, and that's like the redditor brain, right? And like these guys played a huge role in that. I mean, we were the audience. Like our age, our demographic, and also our gender was like was the audience for this show. People who oh, grew yeah. up on the Simpsons, on like early Simpsons too. Like these this was like a this was like that and then and then the trifecta came, the holy trinity was completed with the arrival of Family Guy, and we're still stuck with those shows. Like we're still stuck with like these dudes who like just won't give up whatever cash cow that they have.
0: But I think we are a little different because the show South Park started when we were in high school. So By the time of, like, Team America, I think the reason why we had that reaction to it is because we really kind of... Aged out. Aged out of it, yeah. Like, I can't... I think the reason why people... You know, like I said, there's been a few op-eds about, like, what the South Park generation kind of ended up like politically. There's a good one by uh, Sean O'Neill over at the AV Club, an older one. There's... what. I don't know if you know the writer, Dana Schwartz, she wrote an op-ed about it because she she basically said something about South Park creating a generation of trolls and uh, <laughs> was immediately attacked by a lot of trolls <laughs> who, who found that statement to be inaccurate. <laughs> and she wrote a piece about that. So, uh, But I think like we were able to kind of age out of it in real time, like you said, but for the people who were a little younger than us like to kind of to get into that show and to kind of get like that that dump of content where you're binge watching this uh, the show that goes you know down some really bad paths i mean the episode they do about like transgender people is uh i can't imagine what uh, what that's like watching it now i mean it was cringy even being like pretty uninformed about those issues when it came out at the time but like i i mean it's it's i i mean i would have to go back and look up what it was like but I, I think like it was a show that was reacting very quickly like they put the show out in like a few days or something right yeah. like did you just read that and i i don't think it like,
2: That's all their shows now. It's just like four days of like Adderall fueled like <laughs> like yuckety yucks and like yeah. this, and they're also old too now, like like they're like, I don't know, like the fact that they've kept it going so long that these guys have just they're just it's just an ATM, you know, like you it really is these guys were always like peak peak phonies, but I, I, mean, I really will
0: say were. again. I want to reinforce that I like it when they just if they just find an absurd premise and don't
2: you try You like that's why you like their movies the early ones remember like, how yeah. Jam was he no no the earlier ones <laughs> and no, cannibal the earlier ones yeah. cannibal was a cannibal and then the other one orgasmo I never liked orgasmo like, that much Like but the thing is like what they are they have the same Kevin Smith um, independent sort of anti hero energy. They started with that. Yeah, okay, well, give, cannibal was uh,
0: like just like a student film that got bought by right. Troma or something. Right. Yeah.
2: Which is also how the, the animal part, the animal house guys started, right? Like it's a kind of a use, it used like what today is now YouTube. Like we all have YouTube now, but like back then there would be kind of like incubators and these guys were like in, indie filmmakers and like there is a creative idea inside of their work usually, but it doesn't, use, but it's like a spark. That then never turns into anything other than kind of a smoldering mess, and and I think the fact that like you know the orgasmo is I mean Orgasm was a dumb movie, uh, Cannibal is fun. It's it's you know it's it's ugly, but like but it's like fun ugly, and and basketball is hilarious. Basketball is like their best stuff. I mean, it also has like some passive, some like, like the scene where they go to India and stuff. Of course, they can't help themselves yeah. being racist. Uh, they just can't help themselves. And that's what, that's what, if you're going to be a South Park fan, I'm not saying this to any of you, but like, like, uh, but if you're going to be a South Park fan, at a certain point, you just say, this is excusable for me. This is excusable. I don't mind. And like, that's, that's the issue we should have now is that like, why do you, why is it okay for you to accept these like suburban, like suburban Colorado, Rich guys like depicting Africans in the same way that like 18th century genocidal, like psycho British, like population management theorists imagine Africans as like this unitary whole who are always clicking. Like that was like their right, first yeah. season, right? Like, who are starving. Like, these images matter. And it's one thing to say, oh, we're giving America a mirror. It's like, no, bro like you're enriching yourselves off of these stereotypes and you're throwing some in about Americans for good measure but really in the end since there's nothing beyond there's nothing beyond you saying all of this is dumb and we should make fun of it that's where it goes and like the same way that the Simpsons now is just this like you know gallery of guest stars like the only thing that carries any episode forward not that I've watched an episode in like a decade or a half but like all the only show the only time you see a commercial on you're like this week on the Simpsons marina whatever abramovich shows up for some reason like <laughs> like like you know and like that's that's it and so like that's what the sim propels the simpsons and that what propels what's always propelled south park and these guys has been like the world is stupid i'm stupid the world is cynical i'm cynical that's it everything anybody who tries it, anything is bad yeah guys i really ranted during this episode i talked i talked for like 75 percent of this episode i'm sorry so you love this movie (laughs) poor rob got like shouted down he's like i work here too you know
1: (laughs) it's okay i can overdub my
2: opinions (laughs) i
0: just you know i picture like our american listeners right now are like you know standing at a barbecue cooking up some burgers for the family. (laughs) Stars and
1: Stripes cowboy hat. (laughs) Yeah. Just listening to you I'm here extolling
2: (laughs) extolling North Korean hackers.
0: (laughs) Once again, rewatchability and... uh, Its affiliates do not endorse. It's the more offensive
2: of, that it's more offensive that you defend South Park guys even weakly than my wholehearted, full throated endorsement. No, I'm not defending North them. Korean yeah. I, I think you know. I think this they movie suck. is an encapsulation of,
0: of some of their worst stuff. But I mean, like again, like I think that they're funny when they when they have an absurd thing that they do, not when they're trying to do something yeah. of any substance. Like there was. I did watch some episodes of like a recent season where <laughs> did you read about this like the thing where Randy it was a Kyle no not Kyle the main one Stan's dad Randy was Who's
2: the best character on the show? Yeah,
0: and he he said like he could get Lord to come play at Stan's birthday or something. And then at the end of the episode, he it's just him in a wig saying like, Lord, Lord, Lord. And clearly the joke is like, he couldn't get Lord to, he didn't have a connection to Lord, so he just put on a wing and did it himself. And then someone at Spin Magazine wrote an editorial being like, South Park has gone too far. Like implying that Lord, like this beautiful young woman who writes these amazing songs, is an old, looks like an older man or something like they totally missed the joke. So South Park wrote a whole arc about how like this guy with like a fedora and a trench coat was going door-to-door being like spin magazine i'm <laughs> I, i've heard lord <laughs> is actually like an adult man and then it comes out that randy is actually lord and like just through like auto-tuning is <laughs> performing all of these songs and it becomes like the driving arc of the season
1: that's pretty funny I heard it was that. really
0: funny because again they had a Mom. just a Almost surreal, ridiculous uh storyline that was foisted upon them, and they just ran with it and uh yeah, and I think the lesson, looking back on it as an adult, is no one should get their uh their political sensibilities from from the guys that they also get their fart jokes from
1: <laughs>
0: like. Just because they're clever at some things doesn't mean that they should be like shaping anyone's worldviews. And, uh, and I would say that's incidental, except like they're so clearly trying to shape young people's worldviews. I mean, the whole speech at the end of this movie is like they both sides it. Like they do what, what is so irresponsible to do now. Uh, I guess we're wrapping up. I, I, I think I know where we're going with this, but <laughs> Cena, did you find the movie rewatchable? Just
2: just burn this movie. Just burn <laughs> it. Like give it the give it the Star Wars holiday special treatment and burn the negative. <laughs> well the Star Wars holiday
1: special's great. <laughs>
2: yeah, what are you talking about? <laughs> Compared to this, at uh-huh. least that at least that has some charm. Uh but no, yeah, no, this movie's terrible. I shouldn't watch it. These guys are horrible. They're racist. They're terrible. They're not good. <laughs>
0: Well, we just lost two listeners. <laughs> <laughs> Trey that's fine. That's you can. Still.
2: It's fine to like racist people. It's fine, but that's what they are. Like, you have to just own it and be like, yeah, this is racist. Period. But it's funny. I was right? trying to imply that then, they were listeners
0: and that they are not listening <laughs> oh, anymore.
2: No, they're not listening. They're too rich to listen to this. I mean, we might. I mean, a lot of people love that show. I mean, I
0: still love episodes of that show i'm sure like the uh
2: so do i no so do i yeah. i mean i grew up on i didn't i wasn't never a i was never a crazy watcher of it but it was a big thing for guys our age like it had a it, it has a huge cultural footprint not to the degree of the simpsons but but something but like close
0: yeah i mean i i i yeah i i also don't find it rewatchable not that i loved it to begin with but yeah it definitely makes me rethink <laughs> a lot of of what i liked about their earlier stuff i mean we watched baseball for the podcast it definitely has some uh some some gross jokes in there but i i think it it's more of a straight ahead comedy and and is a bit better i i mean they really lost me with the book of mormon even though it's got some people good stuff people love
2: it though that's like that's been their comeback thing i know but just the way just like
0: I, Broadway is just such a like undemocratic art form. It's like like it always bothers me. Like for so long, on, like, movies and podcasts, people would just like reference Hamilton. Like we've all seen it. And it's like I haven't fucking seen Hamilton. Right. I don't. Now I don't you know can. what happens. In, and now I can. Spike Lee just made the movie. It's not going to be on Disney. But like for so long, it's like I. It's never played in a city I've lived in. And even if it did, I couldn't afford it. Like why are you? It's not a cultural no, touchstone get the for everybody.
2: Yeah. Get down to the tickets booth. <laughs> but yeah, they're just businessmen. In the end these guys are just businessmen and that's that's the biggest like that's the biggest critique you can throw at them. It's like, bro, you're just salesmen like the rest Stop of Stop them. calling them bro. Uh, that makes me uncomfortable. <laughs> they are bro,
0: they deserve bro. Uh, Rob, what did you think? You've never seen it before.
1: Yeah, I mean, you know, I really wanted to give it like a chance. And, you know, I, we talked last week when we talked about Robin Hood about satire and how satire undoes itself sometimes. And, you know, I, uh, I, yeah, I really wanted to give it a chance, but it just really undoes itself by being so, uh, awful and racist and homophobic and enjoying it. And, uh, yeah, it just seems like really unapologetic. About how crappy it is, and yeah, ultimately the message of the movie is terrible. Like they were wrong. So I mean, it's hard to support this movie, and it's kind of hard to see why people who are ostensibly progressive like this movie. Like I, there are lots of people who I don't think are like reactionary or conservative who love this movie, and I wonder if it's just that they haven't, you know, taken a close enough look at it in the last 20 years or whether or not you know it's just that we let this stuff fly uh so easily
0: i think there's also like there's some people that weirdly have just been like even though i think our culture has like shifted away from a lot of these uh types of jokes there's some people that weirdly have just been kind of grandfathered into into you know keeping their slot as kind of like edgy, offensive comedians like Larry David, like the... Not this past season, but the season before of Curb was like crazy racist. Oh, really? And like yes. no one yes. had
2: a problem with it. Because it's okay to be racist against brown people. It's okay. I mean, and this movie is an example of it. Like Larry David is example of it. I mean, these are progressive, liberal Hollywood types. And it's perfectly okay to say that all Palestinians want to murder Jews. That's ri- that's, like, that's literally is, what that's happened. That's blood libel. There this is se- blood libel you're saying. There's scenes where like he
0: would just see like a brown guy in the street and then. And they would just start chasing him like a cartoon
2: <laughs> like it's like I think one, and no and there's not one hand that there's not like a any liberal tears over any of this because it's okay to do this stuff to brown people to Muslims I mean it's just okay it's just okay in America to do this stuff it's acceptable and it's funny it's a source of comedy for them happy July 4th everybody <laughs> Cena, what do you want
0: to plug uh, before you go mm-hmm.
2: Listen to my podcast. It's called The East is a podcast. It's fun. We got a ton of episodes. I have three hundred trillion hours of content. Check it out. It it ranges. Sign up for the Patreon. There's a ton of stuff behind there too. And uh, follow me on uh, Twitter. I'm on Twitter at uh, your Orientalist. You are Orientalist, <clears throat> or just look up East is a podcast, and you'll find me.
0: And you're not going to plug uh, our Star Trek podcast? Oh,
2: and of course. Well, well I was going to let you do it. But <laughs> it's, been, and been the, we also, it's been a while. We're supposed to do another one. Remember, Jan? We'll and we are going one, to do yeah. it. We we'll did a, a recap we'll for
0: Picard, um, if anyone's seen that or watched that. T.
2: Earl Grey hot take. Check it out. Yeah. Okay, well, thank you
0: so much for listening. As always, you can...
2: Thank you guys for having oh, me yeah. on. Sorry, I yelled the whole time. No,
0: it's <laughs> justifiable.
2: <laughs> <laughs>
0: Thanks so much for listening. You can find us on Twitter at Rewatchability, facebook.com slash Rewatchability. I forgot to mention at the top of the show, our Patreon. Thank you to everybody that donates a couple of bucks a month. You get uh, the episode early without ads, and there's some other bonuses too. We did a commentary track for uh, Indiana Jones and the Last Crusade. Yeah uh recently that's up there so uh thank you all everybody there we'll be back next week with another episode until then america fuck yeah hold
2: up